This is Idaho Sports Talk with Prater in the Ballgame on Sports Radio 95.3 FM and 1350 AM. The Ticket. What's going on and welcome? Sports Talk Radio, Prater in the Ballgame, Idaho Sports Talk. Hour number three of three on a Thursday. Boise State basketball. They got a game tomorrow and, of course, a couple of big tournaments coming up. Boise State football. Andy Avalos and his entire staff met with the local media today. We've been giving you a lot of updates on that. And Khalil Shakir is participating, Mike Prater, in the NFL Combine. We have it on in the RowPaint.com studio. And this hour, pretty much coming up here in a couple of minutes, we're going to give a complete Khalil Shakir update. Yes, he is working out. Looks like he's absolutely 100% not going to do the bench press, but it looks like only three of the wide receivers did. He did the vertical jump. He did the broad jump. We assume he's about to do the 40-yard dash. We'll have all all that for you at 515. And again, we let this known to our listeners. We'll add it on hour number three, Prater. We need you to guess Khalil Shakir's 40 time. If you can, JP has two Papa John's large pizzas for you. But Prater, there's a couple things we want in that text. Give me the exact time, and that means four digits or four buttons. You have to hit four things on your computer, a four, a dot, and then fill in the two X's. And also keep in mind is these guys both run, all these guys run two different 40-yard dashes. We're going to only honor the fastest one. Yep. So if you get if you hit the nail on the head, you guess Khalil Shakir's 40 time, he's going to run it within the hour. If you nail it and it's his lowest of his two runs, you get the two Papa John's pizzas. We have a lot of people texting it in, but go ahead. Keep on doing it. Cloverdale Plumbing text line. If you've already texted it, don't do it again, obviously. But uh, one entry per person, 208-424-9300. Now, let's get to the moment we've been waiting for today. We talked with Boise State Offensive Coordinator Tim Plow. Obviously, he's been through the rigor and then some in this town from this fan base. The offense just wasn't what folks wanted or thought it could or should have been we talked with tim plow today first thing i asked him okay dude you got a four-year starting quarterback in hank bachmeyer how much are you putting on his plate what are his expectations well i think um we're gonna put the same amount on him this year that we put on him last year but the difference is is that the growth he's gonna have in taking everything that we're having him do i expect that to be a big step you know because in this offense what we asked the quarterback to do is more than most in the country and um there were times last year that he thrived in that and there were times last year where he was still learning because he was never asked to do that and so I'm expecting him to take a big step and understand the importance of all the aspects you just talked about and how that's going to help him be a better player for us and ultimately for our team. This time last year, and, and fair, it was Hank or Jack, and sure. you guys were going to give 50% reps during spring ball. We didn't know who the week one starter is. Obviously, I mean, it, it, it just feels different this year that there's not that Jack Sears pushing Hank. It's a younger group. I'm sure you're going to give them their looks, but what is different with Hank this year knowing that you know there's a really good chance he's probably going to be, if healthy, your week one starter. There's no real Sears to push him. What difference does that make? Hopefully you're creating competition every day, right? I mean, that's that's what your goal as a coach is, especially in spring camp. Like, we should just go out there and compete every day regardless. Now, obviously, the storyline or whatever might be a little different because you don't have another veteran quarterback. But, man, I would really hope that Hank would go out there every day and want to compete and not only be the starter but earn that every single day, right? Just because you maybe are coming back for a fourth year, I would I want him to 
earn that every day with how he comes to work and how his purpose is and how he holds his teammates accountable and himself accountable. And I'd like to see that out of him in spring is just earn that right every single day and compete with everyone in the room and compete with guys on the field. And that's what football is all about. That's what competition's about. Motivation and momentum are a big part of football. I want to take a step back in terms of your offense last year and how much that didn't work that motivates you to be better this year. I mean, how much how much did last year's offense grind on you this offseason, this really short offseason, and how motivating will that be this the next month? Yeah, I mean, you guys know I'm going to always be 100% honest with you guys, and, and uh, by no means am I happy with what we were able to do offensively last year and know deep down that there's a lot of reason why we were 7-5 is because we – couldn't produce enough offensively and I'm I'm gonna wear that as the coordinator um, it's definitely something that burns in me every day I don't want that to be the the moniker on us as an offense I want us to be explosive and score a lot of points and for you guys to be excited about what we're doing on offense and so um, definitely motivated every day I've been grinding working really hard to fix the things we need to improve but to also let our guys know that hey this is a process we were taking a huge step in changing what we were doing offensively, and it doesn't happen overnight. And there were some things that were out of our control um, that we had to overcome. There were some things that were in our control. We made a lot of mistakes as a staff that we can't overcome, and those are the areas we're looking to improve this year just so we can have more fun, more explosiveness, and, and score a lot more points. Where do you need to get better then? Where are the, where are the check boxes in terms of the, the priorities this spring? I mean, I know you guys talk about big picture of competition and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but you have a checklist, one, two, three, four, five. What is that in terms of getting better? I think it starts first with our mentality up front, our ability to sustain a run game um, that can help us protect the quarterback. I think those two things go together, right? We were able to do that a little bit later in the year, but it wasn't consistent enough in the big games against the better teams. And, you know, for us to protect the quarterback, we got to run the football. Now we're not dropping back as much. Um, Now teams can't pin their ears back. So we got to find balance there. The next thing for me is just we got to create more explosive plays. You know, we're, we're counting too many times on 12, 13, 14, 15 play drives, and that's just not realistic. I mean, we got to create chunk plays um, that can help us get points, and that comes back to the red zone too. You know, we move the ball really well in a lot of games, but would get to the red zone and settle for a lot of field goals. And obviously our kicker, I think, led the country and made field goals, which is sweet, like good for him, but I don't want him to lead the country and made field goals. I want him to lead the country in PATs, you know. Um, so focusing on those situations, being better in the red zone, explosive plays, and then just creating a mentality up front where we can depend on the run game so that Hank's not dropping back as much and taking the punishment that he took a year ago. What's the hunger like in the receiver room? You know, we'll get your thoughts on Shaq working out right now with the combine, but there's a lot of targets, a lot of catches to be had in that receiver room, and they're seeing one of their brothers getting ready for the NFL today. I would imagine that's a hell of a lot of motivation for him. Well, I think that it goes it goes two ways. I always think when you have a dominant player like Shaq in that, you know, a lot of times uh, guys are going to, you know, give up things for him. Like, you know what, I'm going to step back for Shaq because we know he's the guy. We know we got to give him the ball. And even from a quarterback perspective, right, like there's going to always be a little bit more focus about trying to get him the ball. When a guy like that leaves the program, you do lose that. You lose the alpha dog of how great of a player he is. But what you gain is the confidence of everyone else to say, like, oh, man, this ball might get spread around a little more. There might be a little more wealth to had. There's opportunities for me now to step up and get the football and become a guy. And from a quarterback perspective, I think it forces you to be more progression active, going through your reads more, maybe not focusing on one guy at a time, and, and understand that there's going to be multiple guys that we feel really, really 
confident about. We always knew this was a talented group. Shaq just stood out so much that maybe those guys didn't get the shine they really deserved. I think those guys are going to stand out in camp and ultimately in the season. Everybody needs two running backs. You got George, obviously, and it seems like he's healthy. And maybe in September you can start the running game the way you wanted to last year. Ashton Genty, how important will he be this spring? How much work will you give him? Yeah, I mean, we're going to give him as much as he can handle. Um, We're going to get everyone in that room as much as they can handle because like we talked about earlier, it's about competition and creating competition in the room. Um, But he's shown some great things already just being here for a short amount of time, just his athleticism, but just the kind of person he is and his work ethic. And I know the strength staff loves him. Um, So I'm expecting him to do some really good things. And we're definitely, like you said, we're going to need more than one back. I mean, that's just not going to work. We're going to need multiple guys that can help us. And ultimately, hopefully, George can play a full season and be healthy and get the 25 touches a game um, that we're hoping to get him. But at the end of the day, we're still going to need someone else to get in there and get some some carries and get some touches. So um, could be Ashton, could be a number of guys in that room. And they know that competition is important. Tight end. You got three of them. Well, it sounds like Riley's going to be a little banged up early on. He's got that left shoulder, left arm, left sling, whatever it is. Hopper, uh, Raftall. How much, how much more do you want to incorporate the tight ends into this offense? I think I've been pretty vocal about maybe my biggest, um, biggest regret from last season was our inability to utilize the tight end the way I always have in the past. And again, I think there's some things that were out of our control that led to that. And then there were some things where I could have done a lot better of, of getting those guys going. And, and those are conversations I've had with those guys privately about how we're going to do a better job of getting those guys involved because they're all really talented, especially Riley. We know what he can do when he's feeling healthy and feeling good. So I'm excited to have those three guys back. we got some young guys that uh, were freshmen last year that came in that have already had a real good start to winter. Um, and so I'm excited to see those guys go in spring. You know, Matt Lauder is a guy that just in the first couple of days of winter has stood out to us as a guy that um, could do some really good things at the tight end position. So um, that's definitely an area where, again, we have to improve, and, and we're focused on improving there. Center position, KHG, 100% ready to go this spring. Is he diving in? And it seems like outside of maybe Dooley, you can do a lot of work and a lot of damage this spring with your offensive line. Oof, I mean, how, how great is it to have that guy back? And he's he's healthy. He looks great. He's motivated. Um, he's our leader. With no hesitation, he's our leader. And I think, again, things that are out of your control, people can't really describe what you lose when you lose a guy like that. But I think everyone could see when we're going through the revolving door of centers, you know, what that did to us in some of the key games and some of those key moments. And um, having him back has been awesome. You know, keeping our fingers crossed we can keep him healthy and keep him where he needs to be. But if, if he's healthy and playing, some of what we said about George, if we can get 12 games out of that guy um, at his level of play, immediately will be improved. What advice did Chris Peterson, if any, give you this offseason or any other names in football that we might know for our show that maybe you've leaned on to talk to going from year one to year two? You know, I think it's um, – they just told me how much they care about me and how much confidence they have in me and that I should stay confident. You know, I think when you come into a place like like Boise, there's a high level of expectation. And like I've told you guys, that's why I want to be here. I want to be here for that expectation. And um, it doesn't bother me when people say what they're going to say or, or, or if they're upset about something, because at the end of the day, it is about results and production and that's what part of leadership is. So um, I know for, for the people that I really care about and the people that I really hold dear from their opinions. It's, hey, let's fix it, right? And that's that's what I've done for a long time. If, if we've had something that's not worked, hey, let's fix it. And I'm very confident in my abilities to do that and very confident in our staff's ability to do that. And um, like I said, I'm extremely motivated uh, to improve this offense and have us take the next step. 
I know we're capable of doing that. So I'm very excited to, to get back to spring to see what that looks like. And I know we got some guys that might not be full go, but that just gives more guys opportunity to improve. So by the time we get to September, we're ready to roll. I can see uh, just in your beard, man, you got a little more gray. You got a little more white in there. You've yeah. been working hard. You're going to look like my partner here in a couple of years. Well, I think that's just the, again, Boise, <laughs> Boise fans, they might turn you a little gray or a little white in the beard, right? They, those expectations are high. Um, but again, I, I welcome that. And I know I like to poke fun or have a good time, but um, I know the expectations are there. And for anyone listening, I know we need to get better. I'm going to work my tail off to get that done for everybody. So hopefully we can score some more points. One year later, how is Tim Plow a better offensive coordinator? I think the biggest thing for me is just is understanding that uh, it's not going to be the same as it always is everywhere. Everywhere is unique. And you got to try to you got to try to create something that's unique to the people that you have. And sometimes winning football isn't scoring a bunch of points. I mean, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to win games. Uh, I know that was frustrating for me at, at one point in the year, just thinking, well, man, I want to do this and I want to do this on offense. And we're just we're just not in the place to do that right now, whether it's injuries um, or just where we're at from a knowledge standpoint. And for us to win this particular game, we're going to have to win this way. And that was a vital lesson for me. At the end of the day, it's about winning football games. Um, and I think that's something I've learned a lot. I think just being in the conference for one year and getting to know playing these teams and what they're about, I think coming back a second go around at a lot of these teams, I'm really excited to do that. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think there's two types of leadership, right? There's relational leadership that I really feel strong about the relationships I've created here with the players, with the community, with you guys. I feel really good about the relationships. Um, and then the other part of leadership is production, right? Like I got to produce and we got to score points and, um, But again, I'm very confident that we're going to be able to do that, and I'm going to work my tail off to get that done. Tim Plow, today on Prater and the Ball Game, and you know that's what the interview we were excited about. You know him talking to the fan base for people listening. I'm working my tail off here. Prater, his beard, he's gray bearded now. He was not that last year. I mean, (laughs) you're smiling over there, but you know, and and you said we got in trouble for that. We're supposed to have that was supposed to be a five minute interview. It ended up being about 16 minutes. But I could say, hey, you could ask for your five, and I could ask for my five, <laughs> right? We could tell Joe Nickel, hey, man, we thought our interviews were 10 minutes because we were doubling up. But all kidding aside, um, on one serious note, and then I'll let you talk about Tim Plow for a second. I'm, I have a Christmas present request right now. What I want for a Christmas gift, I want Tim Plow to be able to say, even though he won't, a big fat I told you so to this fan base if it does work like it should or could or needs to work in year two. But that was great talking up with Coach Plow earlier today, Prater. Yep, I enjoyed listening and talking to that guy. Uh, he is honest. He uh, He's he's very um, – he, he's not shying away from anything. And yep. he knows there's people out there that don't want like him. He knows there's people out there that want him fired. You people are morons and you people are idiots. But uh, maybe after year two we'll have a lot more substance. We'll see where he takes this program. He did remind us – and. Several times, and including in that interview, that uh, everything he did last year was new. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes new takes a little time. You don't want it to, but sometimes, obviously, it does. Khalil Shakir is working out as we speak. We'll get you that update. First, I want to let you know if you missed the Jeremiah Dickey interview on this show yesterday, download the KTIK app on your phone. It's easy peasy to do. Not only do you get interviews like the Jeremiah Dickey one yesterday, but just our shows, special segments, all kinds of good stuff. If you haven't downloaded the app on your phone, what the hell are you doing? Download that up, app Khalil Shakir, and some phone calls 
next. Let's open up the phones, Prater. Let's get people talking. What do you think of Tim Plow? What do you think of Spencer Danielson? What do you think of Avalos today? Boise State hoops. Man, there's a lot to talk about. We're doing it next on Prater in the Ballgame.